This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 498. Thanks for listening once again. Great to have you with us. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. This is a shorter Easter edition of the show. Our regular length podcast will resume next week, but we still wanted to stay in touch with you. So on this week's show, what we can expect from Apple and Samsung in 2022, and will the big launch events return this year? Apple has also unveiled the winners of its Shot on iPhone Macro Challenge, and we'll tell you how you can get up close to your photos as well. We'll also take a look at Canon's new Ink Tank Photo Printer, and Traeger's new smart grills that will be released later this year. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, 22... Has 2022 has got off to a pretty solid start already, and there's plenty left in store. We're already already in the middle of April, can you believe, this uh, in 2022. And I did kick off the year going to the Consumer Electronics Show. So that was uh, plenty plenty of uh, that was showcased there that we're still to see later this year. Best example of the, of the what I saw there that is yet to be released are all the major uh, TVs from the, all the major TV companies. So televisions are... Uh, we're sort of heading into that season where all the new companies have uh, have or are about to release their TVs. Samsung already has. We're seeing also Hisense is about to do something as well. LG, they're about to launch their 2022 range, which is very exciting. Samsung have also been pretty busy bees as well. They released the S21 FE during CES. As a matter of fact, that's their, their smartphone, the S21 Fan Edition. And then barely a few weeks later, they also announced the Galaxy S22 range. And we will, uh, we also saw, a matter of just weeks later, Samsung also released their Galaxy A series. So in the first three months of the year, Samsung released all their stuff at CES, of course. They, well, they, they unveiled it anyway. But uh, three different televisions as well. Uh, televisions, three different smartphones, I should say. So the uh, S21 FE, the Galaxy S series, covered it. we covered it like a tarpaulin on, on Tech Guide and on this podcast as well. So uh, you can check out our reviews there. And also, of course, the Galaxy A series also. Uh, Apple has also not been standing still as well. They did release their Mac Studio uh, and their Studio Display at their event last month. And uh, they're, so they're, they're sort of making progress on the computer side, but also, too, they also unveiled the iPhone SE. So that's their affordable iPhone as well. But I think what we're going to talk about now is what we can expect down the track. And there's, there's already so many rumours already about what Apple is planning with the the iPhone 14, that's what we're up to for, for that device. And the talk uh, with around that one is that the the the, ca- the bump, the uh, sorry, the camera notch, the, the notch on the front of the screen is, is going to change. Depending on which rumours you believe, uh, the popular rumour is that the notch is going to disappear completely and it's just going to be a, a little hole punch for the front camera with the Face ID cameras fitting in at the top uh, part of the bezel. 
So you're going to see, rather than having the bump, which is kind of the signature for, for iPhones nowadays, and, and customers don't seem to mind it, but imagine if they can give you even more space on that screen. And that, that's the, that's the, the rumour, is that, that the iPhone 14 will do that as well. And still, I get asked this all the time, still no word on whether Apple's going to enter the foldable world. I think that there are, there are rumours when you hear about patent uh, filings and the latest rumours that Apple was working on a foldable iPad. So it's basically an iPad that folds in half. And that makes sense, I think, because the oh, I think Apple have to be careful here because they don't want to they don't want to cost themselves sales. Like imagine if they had an iPhone that unfolds to an iPad, so similar to the Galaxy Z Fold from Samsung. Wouldn't that put a bit of pressure on the their tablet sales? So their their, their iPad sales are pretty healthy. So why would Apple want, want to cannibalize their own sales by, by creating a foldable device, a phone, that can also be a tablet? Uh, I, oh, the, the only thing I can see Apple doing is making a foldable device that's smaller and more convenient to carry around. Uh, the, an example of that would be the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3. So that's a phone. When, when it's unfolded, it looks like a normal phone but it can literally fold in half and fit in your pocket. That's, I think, Apple's play for an iPhone. If they're going to do a foldable device, they're going to make it so that it can fold to half its size and fit inside your pocket. And on the iPad side, if they do create an iPad, they'll create an iPad that can fold in half. And it won't be two devices in one. It'll be one device that can be folded, just like the Z Flip 3. The Galaxy Z Fold 3 is a phone and a tablet in one. But Samsung don't really have... They do have a, a healthy tablet market, but not a, ta- not a tablet of that size. Their latest tablets, the, the Tab S8, there's a 14.6-inch model that I'm looking at as well, in the middle of a review. The market they're playing in with those much larger tablets, whereas Apple plays in all those different sizes, and the iPad Mini is still being a very popular size, unless they decide... We're going to give the iPad Mini a miss and then start with the normal-sized iPad, which is 10.4-inch screen, 10.9-inch screen, I think it is now, and move up from there. So if Apple do venture down the foldable-slash-foldable-slash-tablet replacement path, it would be probably at the, at the expense of the iPad Mini. You just imagine the popularity of that device where an iPhone then unfolds to an iPad Mini. But again, Apple values all the size iPads. They're all very popular. Whether it will do it is another thing, but it won't be at least for two more years. So you can relax on, on those rumours. The, the other rumour around Apple is that they're going to set up some kind of subscription model to buy your iPhone. So instead of you paying, instead of you paying for an iPhone and using it for however long, the rumour is that you will just have a subscription with Apple and then you will just pay your whatever it is per month and then when you want to upgrade you just simply hand in your old phone and get a new one so it's it you'll always it, you'll always have the latest the latest device it, it, it'd be similar to you know people lease their cars say they've got a three-year lease on a car at the end of the lease they hand the car in and get a new one the similar thing would be with Apple but I'm not sure I think too because 
a lot of the Apple devices are expensive. They play in that top tier. It's a flagship flagship space. And not everyone can afford $2,000 for an iPhone. So, but there is, there is a healthy market for refurbished iPhones. But would that, would that subscription model bring more people into that flagship space? I think that's kind of the goal there, where people can afford to have that, that much better iPhone if they're just paying a monthly fee for it rather than a one-off payment or on a plan, on a lengthy plan with a telco. So rather than the telco getting the business, it'll be directly with Apple. But again, that's still only rumour, nothing official yet. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for more info on that. As soon as I find out anything about that, I will update it on Tech Guide. But let's talk about what the future holds. 2022, I think we're going to see launch events again. We're going to be back out in the world. And what, what normally happens, we have CES in January, Mobile World Congress in late February, which was on this year, but very very much a scaled-back event. And then we have Apple events. They normally have a March event for iPads. Then we have the Worldwide Developers Conference, again with Apple in early June. They've already announced it's going to be a virtual affair. Three years in a row it's been, it will be a virtual event, and thanks to COVID. But I think for the Worldwide Developers Conference, it kind of plays into it. Uh, it, it is actually... I think Apple is it's beneficial for them to have it as, as an online event because more people, more developers can actually attend it. So before, when it was an in-person event, there were like 1,500 tickets up for grabs or however many, limited amount, and developers had to enter a lottery to get, be able to attend. And they were the ones who then got access to the Apple engineers and all of their teams and were able to run code and do all those sorts of things. But now, with the virtual event, anyone can attend. Anyone can stream. Anyone can join in all the different sessions, and I think Apple wants to keep that going because it has a very healthy developer community, and they want that to grow and to to be to grow even uh, to become even more powerful, and and so they can still create the apps that that are, attract people to buying Apple's devices. And the Worldwide Developers Conference, of course, is when they unveil all the new software as well that the developers will be working on to create their apps. Moving on from the middle of the year, the next major event in the past has been an August launch event with Samsung. Now, in the past, they've used the August event to launch their Note series of devices. More recently, they've been virtual events to launch their Fold devices, so the Galaxy Z series. Now, I understand uh, that there's a feeling, I think, that uh, there will be a a big launch event, an in-person event, in August, perhaps in New York, to launch the fourth generation of the Samsung Galaxy Z folding devices. So the Z Fold 4, the Z Flip 4, uh, and perhaps more. We don't know. But there is, I understand, uh, uh, Samsung is preparing to make a really big statement with a, a launch event to say, look, we're back, we're back doing these big events that, uh, that get everyone's attention. Now, if that happens, and it's likely, it's a... Uh, Better chance of it happening, I think. Uh, my info is the people I've been talking to, and the the vibe is that yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go back to normal with these massive events. And if I think if Samsung have something like that, if Samsung have a huge launch event for the Galaxy Z series, say around August, a month later is is when is the Apple iPhone launch events when they usually take place. And they've also of course been virtual 
for the last few years as well. But my feeling is that that Apple will again will be back as a with in person events. I, I don't think they can let Samsung have these huge in person events and then just have a Zoom call for their event to have it virtual. I think Apple really need to step up and get back to normal. I think that'll signal to the world if they invite people back to Apple Park where they have their events, then it's business back to business as usual for the company. And of course, that they'll they'll launch be launching the iPhone 14. We've discussed already the the rumored features, uh, improved camera, different different uh, screen, different display without the without the notch. But that that they're just rumors so far. But that that seems to be the direction they're heading. The rumors in the last few years have become super accurate, even even more even more correct. I think Apple uh, in the past they could really hold a secret before social media, before all, all the, just the internet just got so big and, and anything was anything was news about Apple. But now I think it's a little harder for them to to keep things a secret. All the in recent years, all the rumors have been spot on when it comes to Apple and Samsung too, for that matter. So we can expect perhaps the in-person events will be the the August Galaxy Z launch event, followed by an Apple event in September. Uh, in between all of that too, I'm expecting to go to Berlin for IFA. That's the big European consumer tech show, and that again, I think that was I think it was part virtual in person last year, but I think this year it'll be all full steam ahead I think for that one as well so I'm expecting hopefully fingers crossed to do to return to my usual level of travel to these major launch events and of course we'll be bringing you all of that at techguide.com.au so yeah keep your eyes peeled the that all that news will be on the website as soon as I know you'll know as well and it is it is it does look like it is going to be Quite an exciting time moving forward. So keep an eye on Tech Guide for any of that news. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, Apple has just unveiled the new, uh, the winning images for its shot on iPhone macro challenge. Now, Apple in the past has very cleverly run these shot-on-iPhone competitions, uh, challenges, and uh, announced the winners to the world. I think that's just a, just another way for Apple to promote their iPhones as, as obviously, excellent cameras. It's not unusual even to see these images take up an entire billboard that just says shot on iPhone. So the, the Apple doesn't even have the, a picture of the product on the billboard. It just has a photo that was taken with the product. That's how massive shot on iPhone has become. And the new shot on iPhone macro challenge also created some incredible entries from around the world. They, they, did, they did receive tens of thousands of images, but they did they, they come up with the best 10 images, which are, which are on display at Tech Guide if you want to see them for yourself. There's various photos of close-ups of fruit and crystals and flowers and raindrops and dew and uh, leaves and, and all these sorts of things uh, that, that just are, can be achieved with the iPhone 13 thanks to the, the macro lens now, the macro capability of the phone. I'll go through some instructions on how you can do it. So if you, you have to have an iPhone 13 Pro or iPhone 13 Pro Max to be able to shoot macro like these winners. 
So the winners were from around the world, from Argentina, from Italy, India, Hungary, the US. Uh, unfortunately, none from Australia. Uh, so uh, usually Australians figure pretty well in these challenges, but not this time with the macro. Uh, Thailand, there was a winner from Thailand, another, another from China. All of those images can be seen on Tech Guide. Uh, and, and they are spectacular, and it's hard to believe they were shot with a phone, the iPhone 13 Pro, to be precise. Now, what do you need to do if you want to get out and capture your own macro shots? I think this is becoming uh, – it, it already is for, for many photographers who use specific equipment. It is a, a, quite a hobby. But now – it's really having having this capability. It's opened up this whole technique that's normally only achievable with that with that specialized sort of camera. So having know, knowing that the iPhone 13 Pro does have that advanced camera system, and and you're able now to take macro images on the device, it does really open up the possibilities. So what do you need to do if you have? Don't forget you need an iPhone 13 Pro or iPhone 13 Pro Max. So first thing you do, of course, is get close to your subject. It's macro, of course you do. So you need to get as close, you can get as close as two centimetres away. That's pretty close. So what you do from there, you place the primary point of focus near the centre of the frame. And that's where, if you're, when you're shooting in macro, that's the sharpest focus area for when you're shooting with iPhone. Now, if needed, you can tap an area of the viewfinder, in the viewfinder, to set your specific focus point. So that'll lock onto that little focus area. Now, what you should do is shoot at 0.5x capture to, to capture the ultra-wide field of view or try shooting at 1x for tighter framing as well. So there's a couple of option, options there. iPhone will automatically switch cameras as you get close but still maintain the 1x framing. So they're, they're the basics for you to get involved. Use your imagination. There's incredible things you can take pictures of uh, and in, in the macro world that look quite artistic. You've got to check these photos out. There's a brilliant shot of, uh, of, of glass, a little small shards of glass, and there's a close-up of a, of a flower that's named the cave because it looks like the entrance of a cave. It just happens to be the inside of the flower with its petals and the, the centre of the, of, of the flower. It looks remarkable. There's another incredible picture of dew on a spider web. Uh, it, it is, it, it's, it's, it, it almost looks like a necklace with, with the, the little drops of dew on the, on the spider web. And you can see that, of course, at techguide.com.au. All the winners you can see there. But I think, why don't you get involved? Get into it. Get into trying out your macro photography. But if you do want to check out those photos, the, uh, the shot on iPhone macro challenge, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security. And that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented Game Optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. 
Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Alrighty, next up we're talking about the new Canon Ink Tank Photo Printer. It's the Pixmar G660. This is the company's latest refillable tank colour range designed for home photo printing. The Canon Pixmar G660 has a fine print head and comes with six Chroma Life 100 dye-based inks. So imagine the how vivid and colourful your photographs will be. Of course, you're printing on glossy photo paper. Also, with the Pixma 660, you also get the Mega Tank ink bottles, which means you can still have high capacity printing and pretty low maintenance. And it does add up to quite a value proposition because uh, if you are printing a lot of photos, having the ink tank means you're going to get a lot more prints before you need to dip your hand into your pocket to buy more ink bottles. Now, the six dye-based inks include two new dedicated red and grey dyes. Now, why is that important? Because they offer a wider colour range, especially in the deeper shaded areas, along with uh, the rich, vibrant colours. So what it does, it adds up to this amazing contrast you have with your image. Now, you think about the number of images that we take. And this is this is good enough to, if you want to print out your phone, your phone photographs or for those enthusiasts who are shooting on, on DSLRs and those big dedicated cameras, this is music to their ears because they can showcase their work. How often, and especially this applies to people who take great photos on their phone, apart from sharing it on social media, not many people actually print out and frame their images. So imagine having the quality of like this at your fingertips. It does allow you then to get your to get your print to unleash your print off your device and onto uh, glossy paper for all to see. I think this is going to be really popular with photographers. Now, what happens? Uh, the Pixar, the Pixma G six sixty. It does use a wide range of high-quality media, so you can go from conventional glossy, semi-gloss, so you can produce the prints. No matter which of those you choose, they are going to look incredible. Now, the photography enthusiasts, you can print your images directly from your memory card as well and print borderless photos up to A4 size. So you can't print bigger than that. You're going to have to buy a much more expensive printer than this. The latest inkjets have with the Megatank ink bottles. That's enough to print up to 3,800 borderless 4x6 photo prints. 
That's a saving of 94% on the cost of ink when printing out 4x6 borderless images with ink priced at 4.7 cents per 4x6 image. So imagine that. You can just pump out all those 6x4s. They, they make, they, they're good. And you can, of course, up to A4 print out, but it's got enough ink to, to print out 3,800 of those smaller ones. So you get, you probably got a couple of thousand A4 going by that those calculations. Uh, it's also pretty fast too. 6x4 photo can be printed in just 47 seconds. So I reckon this would be popular at a party or a dinner party where people have their phones uh, and you can send the photo and people can go home with a with the nice photo. So rather than just them having, oh, airdrop me that photo, they can actually print it out and go home with it. I've seen that at parties and at weddings and various other occasions. I think that's a really, really good idea. The printer also, like this uses ink bottles, don't forget. So it does have this foolproof key-type nozzles. That means you're not going to accidentally fill the tank, a tank with the wrong colour. So let's say the, the, the grey or the red or whatever colour it happens to be, that, that bottle the shape of the nozzle of that bottle will only fit on that tank. So you've got to be really careful. I, I use the Epson ET4850, the Eco Tank. All the bottles have the same nozzle. you just got to look really carefully. It's hard to miss. Massive label on the side, and the tanks are easily labelled. You'd have to be you'd have to be not paying attention to get that wrong. But with this, with the Canon Pixmar G660, it does have the nozzles that will only fit that colour bottle. So the nozzle on, say, red would be only fit on the red tank. Really good idea. So you don't accidentally put the wrong colour in there. There's also a two-line LCD display to help you manage the printer so it's easier. Uh, you can set up your Wi-Fi connectivity as well. So you can connect your computers, cameras, smart devices to the Canon print app or Apple AirPrint. It, it works on Apple AirPrint too. The, Ca the Canon PicSmart G660 Priced at five hundred and ninety nine bucks, it's available at the end of this month from Harvey Norman. But five nine nine, people people might think, wow, that's expensive. It's not. You're going to be able to print high quality photos and all the ink you need for ages. You won't need to to dip your hand in your pocket for any print for any ink for quite a while. And I think that's that's a decent price, five ninety nine. Imagine paying someone or getting the photo printed professionally. It's going to cost you a fair bit of money. Imagine having that sort of quality at home. That's exactly what you get when you have the Canon PicSmart G660. If you want to check it out, I've written about it on techguide.com.au. Now, I am a fan of the Traeger grills. I have the Ironwood 885. I've spoken about it on this very podcast, and I've also done a video about it. You can see my YouTube video about the uh, the Ironwood. In fact, I did a part of my video. It was a cook of uh, some pork uh, pork spare ribs, some baby back ribs. So they, uh, they turned out very, very nice. Let's just say that the family inhaled them. They were so good. Uh, there were four racks that I cooked. Uh, I'm making myself hungry just talking about this, but I cooked four racks of ribs in my ironwood. I've also cooked beef ribs. I haven't had a crack at brisket yet. I think I might have might try the brisket uh, later this year. But uh, Traeger, they've launched their brand new range of grills, the iron, the, not the ironwood, that's what I've got, the Timberline range of connected grills to take your cook to the next level. Now, if you're a fan of ribs, 
brisket, and then you can cook anything on these barbecues. That's what's really amazing. Then the Traeger grills, these new ones that are due out in September, really look the goods. They'll give you consistent results and the ability to control the cook from anywhere. You know why? Because they've got Wi-Fi. You connect these. These are wireless. They connect them to your home network, and you're able to monitor the cook through the app from anywhere. The current My Ironwood does that already. And that is remarkable, especially when the cooks are so long. Like ribs, when I cook my pork ribs, it takes about six hours. So you you can you don't have to sit by the barbecue, by the grill. You can go out and live your life, but also check in on it through the app. So you've got to make sure if there's sometimes, you got, after a couple of hours, you've got to change the temperature, raise it, lower it, normally raising it. Uh, you can also check the meat. The, there's a, a meat probe as well that lets you check that through the app also. And there's a timer as well, so you can see exactly how far you've got to go. Uh, and that, that makes it really handy. You know, you're not having to go and stand in front of the barbecue to see how much time you have left. Now, on the new Timberline and Timberline XL, they still have that Wi-Fi technology. Uh, they've also got the D2 direct drive motor for variable fan and auger control. Auger is the is what it produces the heat and the smoke because this is a pellet barbecue. Don't forget, so it's wood pellets. You can get different flavors of wood pellets, which is both the fuel and the flavor. So uh, I've learned a lot in my time using my Traeger, and it looks like the new range, the the, the new Timberline and Timberline XL will be able to do even more and give you even better results. So you've got the precision temperature control. Uh, you've also got the – you can dial in the temperature from uh, from the – through the touchscreen. It's full-color touchscreen now, uh, Also or also through the apps. The new controller also allows for more easier monitoring of temperatures and performing grill maintenance checks as well. Very important. Uh, there's also the patented downdraft exhaust, so you get that beautiful wood-fired flavour. And also it's going to offer hotter and more consistent temperatures. So you want you want that even temperature so that the, it, it cooks even better and consistently and evenly. It's got a full stainless steel interior as well, so you can achieve hotter temperatures at the grates uh, to improve if you want to get the searing happening as well on the grills. Now, on the convenience side, it also has the easy, clean grease and ash keg system. So it channels not only the grease, but also the excess ash into one convenient little bucket that you can uh, then easily dispose of it. It does have the Traeger app, which allows you to control the barbecue, is remarkable, but also there are so many um, so many recipes. So you can follow, say you want to cook ribs or brisket or whatever, all the instructions are in the app and you can send that recipe to the grill so we can follow the temperatures and so it knows exactly the settings that are needed. Now, the other features too is the ability for the Traeger to be built in. It's deck ready. Before, it was only available on its on its own, so with its own legs and stand. But now, you can actually now have the setup. You can build the grill into your pre-existing or newly fabricated spaces. So, and that, that's a feature many people have been waiting for because they may have space in their in their in their backyard area, and now they can build the Traeger into that setup. That is remarkable. My mouth is watering just talking about it. Can't wait to see these. They're going to be released in September. No pricing has been announced as yet. But let me tell you now, I'm going to be all over these when they're released later this year. I'm a massive fan, and I'm hoping to get my hands on a review model so I can give you all 
the the lowdown on how good my cook will be, my ribs, my briskets, you name it. I'll even take suggestions, if you like. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the new Traeger, which should be dropping uh, in September. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And that's full time for our shortened Easter holiday edition of the Tech Guide podcast. I'm so glad you're able to listen. Uh, if you need to find out about anything we've spoken about on the show, you know we can find it at techguide.com.au. And send us an email if you want to hear more or I've got a question for us. Info at techguide.com.au or click the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the homepage and that will direct an email to me. We want to thank our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you once again for listening. It was uh, our pleasure hosting you for this show again. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 